Do you want an amazing marriage? Are you ready to take your marriage to the next level? Then stick around for your Marriage Matters podcast with Marriage Coach Lynn. Let's put some fun and sizzle into your relationship. Marriage therapist and author Dr. John Gottman has identified four kinds of negativity, if allowed to grow and fester, would be extremely lethal to a relationship. They are criticism, contempt, defensiveness, and stonewalling. He calls them the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Today, we will discuss how to avoid making these negative behaviors part of your marriage and what to do if they are prevalent in your relationship. Do you remember Dr. John Gottman? I've recommended some of his books, in particular, The Seven Principles for Making Marriage Work. The first series in this podcast was about the Sound Relationship House. Please listen to that series if you haven't already done so. Consider it insurance from divorce and a series that will help you have a master marriage rather than a disaster marriage. Please visit marriagecoachlynn.com where you can take a look at the Sound Relationship House. Also, find me on Facebook, Marriage Coach Lynn, and Twitter, Marriage Coach LN. In our relationships, we want to protect and build intimacy. Working as a team is our goal. Many of us refer to our life partner as our soulmate. We think we need to marry someone we are completely compatible with, best friends with. But our partner might not be everything to us. Having everything in common is not what keeps marriages together. Be on the lookout and guard against acting in ways that tear you apart or bring your partner down. Sometimes we do things intentionally, meaning we purposely know that what we're doing is harmful. Sometimes we do things unintentionally, behaviors we don't notice or that are hidden to us. After a while, our actions become habits without us even thinking about them. We slip into certain ways of treating our spouse, and some of those ways aren't so good. When we have the four horsemen running around in our marriage, we have a lack of intimacy. When we have a lack of intimacy, our hearts can harden. We might feel stuck, and emotional affairs might fester and blossom. If pervasive, the four horsemen of the apocalypse can bring your marriage down. The four horsemen are criticism, contempt, defensiveness, and stonewalling. There is no particular order, but continuous contempt is toxic to marriage. Stonewalling usually comes after some of the other horsemen have galloped into your relationship and is more common in men. A discussion of the four horsemen can be found in chapter two, How I Predict Divorce, from the book, The Seven Principles for Making Marriage Work. Gottman describes these terms, and we'll go over them briefly today, but let's figure out, one, how we got to these mannerisms and ways of treating your partner. These are not genetic or personality flaws, and the good news is, behaviors can change. Two, you can be critical for 15 years of your marriage, and then suddenly you can change your ways. The big secret is that you can have a change of heart, you can change your outlook, you can change how you respond, and you can get disciplined. 
The first thing to be careful of is a harsh startup to an argument. If you are negative or accusatory, and if you assume and already know what your partner is going to say, you're headed for a few of the horsemen. Be careful with sarcasm. Some people think it's humorous to be sarcastic, but it can be hurtful and a form of contempt. Criticism. Let's talk about criticism. Almost everyone is guilty of or has to deal with criticism from time to time. Let's make a distinction between a complaint and criticism. A complaint addresses a specific action in which your spouse failed. If you asked your partner to take out the trash and he or she forgot, you could remind him or her that it was forgotten and you could express your displeasure. A criticism is more global and is sprinkled with negative words, usually about your partner's character or personality. You might say, you always forget to bring out the trash when I ask you. You're lazy and I can't count on you to do the simple things in life. When are you going to start pulling your weight around here? Here's another example of a complaint. There was no gas in the car when I left at 5 a.m. for my business trip. Did you notice it was on empty? And can you tell me why you didn't fill it up like I asked you yesterday? Here's a criticism. There was no gas in the car. Why can't you remember to do the most basic things in life? It put me in a bind to try to find a gas station that was open, and every time I tell you to do something, you don't follow through. Let's stop for a moment. You might feel as if your spouse is always letting you down, and you might feel that criticism is accurate and justified. But let me remind you that it's much better in the long run if your verbal communication with your partner includes gentle complaints and reminders as opposed to constant criticism. Criticism shuts a person down, eats away at one's self-esteem, and causes a rift in your friendship with your spouse. It's better to communicate using the nonviolent communication technique where you can insert your disappointment and request in a much more gentle way than to launch little digs and attacks at your partner. Even continuous complaints can be experienced by your spouse as attacks. Ask your partner if he or she feels like you complain too much or if you criticize. You might not notice it. If complaints become pervasive, they might turn into criticism. But if criticism continues, it's likely for a partner to feel and express contempt. Horseman number two, contempt. Contempt gets ugly. It can involve sneering, sarcasm, cynicism, name-calling, bullying, disgust, eye-rolling, mockery, hostile humor, and ridicule. Contempt doesn't solve problems, it doesn't make a situation better, and it leads to more conflict rather than reconciliation and a restoring of intimacy. If you've ever been at the other end of contempt, you know how ugly it truly is. Sometimes a spouse who displays contempt knows what they're doing. Other times, it seems to be a habit. This is one habit that needs to be broken if you want a thriving marriage. When someone treats you with contempt, they place themselves in a higher moral position than you, and they demean you. They might say things like, you should be ashamed of yourself. 
You're a failure. You blew it this time. You shouldn't do that. How many times have I told you you shouldn't walk away from boiling water on the stove? You should know better than to do that. Let's get to the root of what contempt is. Contempt is fueled by cumulative or long-standing negative thoughts about the partner. You have to change your thoughts of your partner if you want to change your behavior toward your partner. Cut some slack. Accept your partner's weaknesses. Does your partner accept your weaknesses? Oh yeah, if you treat your partner with contempt, you're better than he or she is, right? Well, come down from your perch, set aside your ego and pride, and get into a loving, kind mode. Excessive contempt usually shows on someone's face. They smile less and seem to always be on the lookout to berate and belittle you. Have you seen belligerence in action? Belligerence is a form of aggressive anger and contains a threat or provocation. Wipe belligerence from your relationship. Here's an example. Let's say the wife spoke with her husband on the phone at work and they both agreed that her husband would be home at 5 p.m. to get ready for a dinner party with friends that night. As time went on, the husband didn't show up and didn't respond to texts and phone calls from his wife. When he finally got home later, he said, what are you going to do, sue me? This is belligerence and it isn't funny. Contempt leaves you with a very low feeling and needs to be cast out of your relationship. Horseman number three, defensiveness. When someone treats you nastily, we might be tempted to be defensive, to stand up for ourselves, to protect ourselves and reciprocate. Try not to get caught in this trap. When I had to deal with narcissistic extended family members over the years, I would get defensive and explain myself. It seldom worked. They didn't want to hear my side of the story and they had their agenda. The best things I could do was to finally drift away and have no contact or little contact with them. They did not respond to attempts at a normal, kind communication dialogue or a normal, kind relationship. So it was best for me to not defend myself, but instead live with boundaries, forgiveness, and love from a distance. I did a podcast episode on narcissism if you'd like to check it out. Obviously, in a husband and wife relationship, you can't simply avoid or discontinue relating to your spouse. When we talk about defensiveness, we mean the reaction or approach of not backing down, of not apologizing if you are guilty of something, and it can include blaming your spouse. What I've seen in some forms of defensiveness is a self-protection at not exposing your vulnerabilities or your part of a certain problem. Be sure not to lie if you are defensive. Example, let's say you were going to host a holiday party at your house and you were going to cook a turkey. You forgot to defrost it and your spouse calls you names and launches a big criticism at you to the point of where you are emotionally injured from the pummeling of his criticism. You respond with, well, if you didn't distract me yesterday, this wouldn't have happened. It's not my fault. Taking this a step further and the wife's defensiveness could escalate in cont into contempt of her own. 
You always do that to me. I can't get anything done around here. And now we have guests arriving later today, and thanks to you, we have to scramble and think of something else. What defensiveness does is assume that the problem is with the other person. It's your fault, not mine. When someone is defensive, they sort of shut off their listening skills, right? They ignore what their partner is trying to say. They launch excuses and end up avoiding important elements, making it hard to come to a solution or agreement. Defensiveness brings a condescending attitude, finger pointing, and often involves a conversation that ends abruptly with someone storming out of the room. Nothing is resolved. Do you want to threaten your health with high blood pressure, common colds, back and neck strain, anxiety and depression? Then continue with contempt and defensiveness. Horseman number four, stonewalling, is more common in men than women. Sometimes when your spouse goes to his man cave or garage or somewhere to be alone, he could be stonewalling and would rather avoid you by going silent. Other times, he enjoys his time alone. I said that these steps don't necessarily go in order, and I believe that contempt is the worst of the four horsemen because a heart truly needs to change in order to eliminate contempt. Stonewalling can occur after some of these other horsemen have trotted around in your marriage. If you begin an argument with a harsh startup, it can lead to criticism, contempt, and defensiveness. But stonewalling is dropping out. It's disengaging and not expressing your feelings about something. It's not healthy detaching from a situation, but deliberately going silent when something is bothering you. It's not that you assume your partner won't listen to you, but it's a selfish choice that you've chosen and you've chosen that you don't want to be bothered. When we drop out of interacting with a narcissist or difficult person after many attempts of restoring a relationship to a somewhat normal level, we are not stonewalling. We have made the choice to not get entangled in toxicity. I wanted to distinguish that. A stonewaller goes silent and gives you no feedback, no head nodding, no eye contact, no facial expressions or vocalizations. It feels passive aggressive. They give you no chance to try to understand what's going on in their heart and mind. A person who stonewalls might not know the words to communicate to you and might be overwhelmed, but when you attempt to solicit feedback from them, they clam up, and this is where they are wrong to treat you in this manner, and that's why it feels aggressive. The four horsemen are dangerous to your marriage, criticism, contempt, defensiveness, and stonewalling. Be on the lookout for these and get rid of them. They have no place in marriage. If your spouse is guilty of these behaviors, then have him or her listen to this podcast, get a copy of Gottman's book, use nonviolent communication, and both of you have to work on this. Get coaching or counseling. Do something to turn things around. The horsemen are behaviors and won't go away on their own. We need to change our hearts and minds. Love is a state of mind, not action. 
We need to think differently. You can choose to eradicate the four horsemen of the apocalypse. If you are at your middle years of marriage and are thinking, what happened to the love we once had? Replace it with the thought of the eternal or a forever mindset. My love always was and always will be is a great way of thinking about it. In American materialistic, self-focused, short-sighted, throwaway culture, we find it easier to end one relationship and begin another. Otherwise, we'd have millions of thriving marriages and a 5% divorce rate. Another mindset change to help ward off the four horsemen is this. Try to have unconditional love. Instead of answering this question, if you could change just one thing, say this, I accept you as you are. My love always was and always will be. I accept you as you are. Thank you for listening to the Your Marriage Matters podcast. This concludes our series on the middle years of marriage. During the 15, 20, 25 year mark of marriage, some couples are still busy raising children and improving their careers. Some will encounter boredom, disillusionment, and dashed dreams. If you can come to terms with the predicaments of middle-aged malaise, you will set yourself up for the blissful and rich rewards of your golden years of marriage, 30 years and beyond. Make new discoveries together, reinvent your relationship if needed, and most of all, have fun. Adopt the right attitude within. Practice gratitude, forgiveness, and charity, and your spaceship will soar to great heights. Love your spouse and make your marriage great.